Welcome to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. On tonight's podcast, we are watching from 2006. It's called Hood of Horror. Well, actually, it's called Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. Um, I don't know if he just decided to put his name on this and it was a project that was already done or if it's something he wanted to do himself and didn't do any research into it. But uh, Snoop um, is a horror host, you know, somewhat of the likes of like a Vincent Price or whatnot. And he's introducing three various tales. Um, that have to do with him um, getting souls to take down the hell with him. Uh, it's got 4.1 uh, out of 10 on IMDb, and it's got 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's got a pretty good, pretty good cast. It's got uh, Snoop Dogg, it's got Day Trail, and Ernie Hudson. Um, I, I think it, I was very surprised at this movie. Uh, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be because I had very low expectations going into this one. Because uh, this is my first time ever watching it. I've never watched it before. So it has a nice mixture of cartoon and live action between it. Uh, so, but yeah. Crazy shit. Biscuit, huh? Doggy biscuit. I'm kicking back, sitting on my phone. Five 
Let's get right into the movie. Uh, intro starts out as like an anime kind of cartoony vibe. It's a gang shooting and chasing uh, another gang, obviously. Um, and Snoop Dogg is one of the, the guys in the car chasing the other SUV. Uh, he's one of the gunners and we see a, a bunch of blood as the members are getting all shot up. And then we cut to a scene of a baby that's been shot and killed. It's, it's not a baby. It's it's like probably like a girl around, I don't know, eight years old. She's very young. Um, one of the bullets and actually hit her like right in the face and it kills her instantly. We actually come to find out that it was Snoop Dogg's little sister who got shot in the face. Uh, we then see a, a montage of Snoop walk, walking uh, past like a bunch of homeless people, a bunch of crackheads, people like shooting needles into their arms. Uh, and this is still all in the anime uh, cartoon cartoon look. Um, that's when we find out that it was Snoop Dogg's sister that got shot. And then next thing we cut to is Snoop trying to fight like this demon werewolf dog creature. Um, and he pretty much makes a deal almost what's essentially a crossroad demon uh, supernatural reference there for all you guys if you don't understand that one um snoop makes a deal with the demon um in exchange for the bullet that went, in, went into her face um he'll you know do whatever so the deal is you know i'll take the bullet out and bring her back to life if you do a cut from ear to ear pretty much slice your throat open um uh, life for life uh it's always good to leave dead dead but apparently snoop doesn't know that so he just takes the knife and cuts his throat no big deal um Snoop is then in the afterlife, and his job is to bring souls into the afterlife. And he's like, well, how long do I have to do this for? And the demon's just like, you know, I ask myself the same question. I'm still here. Uh, so essentially, they get enjoyment of stealing the souls. It's not even stealing souls. It's pretty much giving people to do their dirty work for you. And then in the equation, someone always has to die at the end. Then we cut to a live action Snoop who's uh, trying to give an intro to one of the stories. And this when this little guy, Halfpite, I think his name is Halfpite, uh, pretty much comes up and pukes right in front of him. Halfpite is one of Snoop's uh, buddies. He's like the sidekick for, for him. And then we cut to the first story of a girl walking in a graveyard having flashbacks to her mom being killed. Um, and she's saying it was gang members. And then we cut to, um, I think it's Fat Cap, uh, Streco and Nib are they're pissed off because they're looking at their wall graffiti and someone else says um spray painted uh posy and pink all over it and that that really pisses them off and pisses fat cap which is a unique game because there's a black guy a mexican and a white guy um so um it's good that they're diversifying and you know anyone's accepted into this little little homie group uh but yeah they're really pissed off that there's pink graffiti on their wall now so they start to cover up and that's when posy steps in and she's all pissed off she's a very angry person obviously uh you know having to deal with her mother being killed earlier on in her life she still hasn't healed from that um she, she's getting up in their face and everything mainly fat cap she's getting up in his face and that's when he pulls out a gun and threatens to kill her um she pretty much tell him to do it and egging him on uh, but he doesn't do it and then she pulls out one of her spray paint cans and sprays him right in the face and that's when the three of them start uh, giving chase to her and then she hides up on a roof and that's when i don't know his his character name but uh, danny treo is like this shaman looking guy uh he grabs her and throws her to the ground and next thing we know she's waking up in a room it's very dark and there's a bunch of candles lit all over the place and she's i think tied to a chair at this point and he's doing some like a little medicine ritual in a, this mixing bowl and this green smoke and everything starts popping up that's what makes me think that he's kind of like a, sh a shaman of sorts like a voodoo voodoo king maybe 
and then he starts writing on her hands and up her forearm uh he's like drawing a skeleton with some looks like some mason tribal this whole time he's doing that she's having flashbacks of her mom getting killed by gangbangers and then we cut to another scene which looks like it's her dad saying you know goodbye lover and he's taking his own life shooting himself in the head uh she then wakes up in a room with graffiti in it and we can see the sunlight coming through it's definitely not the same room that we see her in uh it could be but it's definitely the uh the looks and aesthetics of it has definitely changed a lot um there's no more candles there's nothing all over the place we can actually see sunlight coming through uh and there's no trio to be found at all uh the girl is then back at the wall um from where the gangbangers were covering up her graffiti uh, she's kind of just you know looking at it and then uh next time we, we the next scene we cut to is uh fat cap is trying to get his pants off to hook up with this prostitute or hooker which I'm, I'm assuming that's what she is um just you know i'm just taking a judgment call there and he's, as he's trying to get his pants off though his gun goes off and um he uh he kills himself he he uh blows his dick off i'm assuming or shoots himself somewhere but he he's dead he doesn't survive um the reason this happens is uh she's when she's back at that wall of graffiti where they start covering up her thing, all she does is take red spray paint and just puts an X over top of his his tag because he put his tag on top of her tag. Uh, that's like a graffiti no-no kind of thing. Anyways, um, but now that she has the power of death, essentially anything, any tag she covers up, or I'm assuming it just goes for tags, any tag she covers up, it automatically kills that person in some weird, uh, strange way. And then we see her, she's at, um, I don't know what kind of building it is. They don't really go into detail. It might be like a, a homeless shelter of some sort or maybe a school or something. Um, she, she was hired to do the, the mural outside because they got this big giant wall. And that's when we see this family coming out of the, the main office and they're crying because we find out that that was Fat Cat's parents and that he had a mishap or accident and that's when posies find out for the first time that fat cap is is dead because of what happened like you know shooting herself and that clues in with posy she's like huh i spray painted over his tag so maybe i'm the reason why he died we didn't see a flashback again it was actually posy's dad that killed her mom and then killed himself um you know he does something really weird like his her mom's dead on the floor, and he t he's taking her blood and writing on her face. And the dad's just like, hey, honey, it's just like your finger paint. That's a little traumatizing. So that's definitely clearly where she gets the anger and the hatred from. Uh, we then see, I think his name is Striko and Nib, the other members from Fat Cap's gang. Um, they're taking up a wall, and Posey then comes out of like, this hiding area after she sees them tagging it and uh Strako goes to go get a 40 and i think nib goes to the basketball court um we then hear um gunshots because just two seconds before that um posey starts covering up Strako's tag um but yeah Strako went to this convenience store and he, he's running because he shot up like a clerk because he wanted to steal the 40 um He's then back at the wall, getting ready to um, pay his respects to Fat Cap, you know, pouring out a little bit of drink, and the drink's all over the ground. Anyways, once they hear the sirens coming, Nip takes off, and then Strako goes to take off after him, and he slips on the, the, the 40 that he just spilled out on the ground, and he falls forward and literally impales himself with the beer. Just literally goes right through the skull. That's a really strong glass of beer. I'm mean, just going to put that out there. Uh, but yeah, it goes right through his whole head. And then uh, Nib, Nib is running back because he hears more sirens coming. And that's when he finds out his buddy's dead. Uh, we then see 
Posey walking through alleyways looking for Nib's tag. She's looking all over the place because um, she wants to kill him next because she saw that, you know, covering up Shaco's tag actually killed him moments later. So she knows that the power that Treo gave her is actually a life or death thing. And if she covers up the tag, the person will die. Um, she finds his tag uh, on this random wall. And at this point, Nib's in like a photo booth trying to call someone or not photo booth. He's in a phone phone booth trying to call someone but while he's doing this the cord is starting to wrap around his throat and it literally like chokes him to death and blood goes all over the place that's the thing with this movie there's some very good detailed kills uh, they're probably not top of the line but they are very gruesome and bloody which i i do enjoy and then we just see Posey. She's then putting marks all over random tags on the walls. Uh, I guess she kind of got an ego and wanted to be the only uh, graffiti artist in town. I'm not sure if she thought she was doing a better job or not. But yeah, she starts pretty much killing everyone off them. All she has to do is just literally put an X or someone's tag and then that's what kills them. Uh, Posey is then painting on an open canvas wall. Um, it's the wall that she was hired to paint on. And that's when Trail shows up. And he pretty much starts telling her that, you know, you're doing a good job. You're cleaning it. It up but then you became the issue because you just let it go to your head and then you start killing everyone and he's like well now guess what now you're one of the gang's members and he literally wipes away her tattoo that's on her forearm that gives her the power and then next thing we know we see straight go fat cap and nib who are in this like bloody gruesome effect look and they're there to kill her she tries to run away and tries to jump the fence but they grab her and then they take her up to the wall and i think it's probably fat cat that does the final kill and just kills her in one one hit right in the skull and she's murdered right up against the wall where she was trying to paint and then we see blood just, you know going up all on the wall and we think the story's probably at, at, like done there but it's not uh we then see it's like the next day and there's um sheets all over the wall and it's like a ceremony happening outside to reveal what the wall looks like um they're getting ready to show off the art and you know saying their final goodbye to uh posey because i think they maybe just think that she moved on i don't know if they really think that she's dead or not but they I've, to me it felt like they just thought that she gave them some artwork and then she's moving on to a bigger better place or bigger better career and kind of just being like a drifter but then we also see uh, a human form of treo and snoop dogg are in the crowd watching and it's these flowers just all up on the wall and snoop dogg goes up to the wall and literally pulls an eyeball out of the paint job and just eats it um and then we see a cartoon shot again of uh cartoon posey uh, she's getting sucked through her art and into the elevator because everyone who dies gets sucked into the elevator and then everyone rides together down to hell and then we then see um tex jr and his girl i think it's tiffany maybe showing up outside this building uh it's in the hood of course every story is set in the hood um these guys definitely do not belong here. Tiffany's got like a little chihuahua that's eats uh really it's spoiled, eats fancy food. I like I forget what he was eating. Um I got it in my notes, but we'll get to that later. Um uh, yeah, Texas this uh Texan guy, which creative Tex Junior, he's from Texas. He drives like the Cadillac with the, the bull horns on front on the front. He's like the a skinny dickhead version of Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. Um, they're walking into this building, they're greeted by a bunch of guys sitting around, uh, Roscoe and his war buddies. Uh, they were actually part of Tech Senior's uh, military group. I'm not sure what war it was. I don't think they really say, but uh, Tex Senior was their uh, captain or sergeant, and they all looked up to him because he was really great, a uh, great guy. And uh, Tex Junior, complete asshole, complete douche. Um, but yeah, Tex Junior has to live with them for a year before he can get his late father's 
uh, funds from his will because he has just passed away. Um, the lawyer does mention to Tex Jr. though that once the war vets ha have passed away, um, that Tex will get the money no matter what. Um, the the dad made it part of the stipulation that he had to live with them for a year just to you know see how living on your own I guess maybe having it hard actually feels like because it probably sounds like he's been spoiled all his life. Um, we then see a flashback of Tex Jr. He's actually the one who killed his father. Uh, his, he got rumors that his father was going to write him out of the wheel, so he takes his Cadillac with his giant uh, longhorns on it and literally runs him over and impales his own father because that's the kind of guy that he is. And then the guys are downstairs talking. Um, it's uh, I forget Roscoe and his buddy's names, uh, but they're talking about the situation with Tex Jr. and his girl. Um, they're literally upstairs just banging it out, banging it out. Um, there's no insulation or soundproofing in this house at all. And the other thing is, uh, Roscoe's room is upstairs, and they literally kick Roscoe out of it because they're assholes like that, and they want to be upstairs, and they want to have the biggest room, even though it's not really that much of anything, to be honest with you. Uh, and then the guys are listening to some good music, and that's when this girl named Wanda comes into the house. Uh, it sounds like she's kind of like a maid, not like a maid, but a nurse. Uh, she definitely helps them, cooks their meals, and you know, takes care of them, comes in to check on them, make sure they're all doing good, because these are older gentlemen that are, you know, war vets, and they're definitely, you know, they're not getting any younger, that's for sure. Uh, the one of them is in a wheelchair and actually needs serious medical help because he's like coughing up blood, uh, but he can't afford it because, you know, in the States it's not med medically covered. Uh, Texture is a full creep though. Uh, he's hitting on Wanda. Uh, he comes downstairs doing this stupid dance and doing the weird ass sounds while dancing. I'm not even going to try and imitate it. If I can find a sound clip, I'll insert it, but we'll, we'll see how the sound clips go. Um, but yeah, he's literally hitting on Wanda while his wife is just standing right there and not saying a, a damn thing about it. And then Tex Jr., of course, being the wonderful guy that he is, he tries telling the guys that uh, his dad wasn't charging them enough money, so now he's got this money scheme to try and screw them out of even more money, which will kill them faster, because he doesn't want to actually kill them. pretty much just wants to make them starve to death. But to help on this, um, Tex Jr. says that Tiffany has this awesome plan to help them because they want to renovate the upstairs uh she's asking if they're handymen at all and if they are they're going to help do all the renovations upstairs for a whopping five dollars an hour to go towards their debt so they're going to get five dollars an hour to go towards their debt and not get anything out but yeah because texture is also saying that they're not having enough in their budget to even you know support wanda and that they want to get rid of shoot he wants to get rid of Wanda so she doesn't have to show up anymore and she's the one that, you know, cooks for them and gets them their food and make sure everything's okay, make sure the bills and everything are caught up. And uh, he doesn't want to deal with that at all. The guys decide to go in on the con work uh, and we see Wanda watching on. She's definitely not happy. She goes to the fridge to check, you know, to get supper ready and there's nothing in the fridge at all. I think there's like a, a jar of hot sauce and maybe some ketchup, but everything else is gone. Um, and now all four of them have to sleep in a tiny room together because this new renovation plan is to getting rid of all the rooms upstairs and making it into one big giant suite because they're complete assholes like that but the guy's are like you know what we gotta stick together we've been through harder situ situation right now they're just trying to test us to get us to quit and uh we, we got this we can do this the guys are then sitting at the table when wanda brings in this like a uh, new year's cake um it's like it's like a presidential hat and it's very giant and big it might be the fourth of july i know tex jr mentioned something about it um but yeah he comes down he's drunk and uh, he sh he interrupts some while they're singing singing you know before the meal um and then they give a uh, roscoe stands up to give a, a tribute to tech senior and that's when junior thinks it's uh aimed at him and roscoe's just like no nah, you're a piece of shit you know piss off uh 
text then pulls one off to the side and tries to discuss with her and uh then that just randomly pretty much blatantly just says hey you want to go upstairs and we'll discuss it with tiffany too because she handles all the finances essentially just saying he wants to have a threesome because um, he's a great guy um but you know wanda's just like whatever goes upstairs and they um get ready to talk but there's no real talking in this situation because Tex just takes off his robe and all he's wearing is Confederate flag boxers. And then he, you know, tries to make the move on her and pushes her down on the bed while Tiffany's in the bed. And then Wanda starts, you know, fighting back and saying how, you know, he's going to get charged with rape and this and that and other claims. And that's when Tiffany then grabs a pillow to suffocate Wanda. Uh, Tiffany then runs downstairs holding her dog, uh, but she's wearing the same clothes that Wanda was head on. Um, she's got the trench coat that Wanda had on and I think something over her head so the guys can't see it. Um, obviously we can tell that uh, they killed Wanda and that's just a way for them to try and act like Wanda's leaving the house so the guys don't think anything of it. And then we have Roscoe going upstairs to talk to Tex Jr. He's pissed off because he sees, um, he gets pissed off because there's no food in the house. He's just tired of how things are going. He gets even more pissed off when he goes upstairs because he sees Tiffany in the bathtub feeding the little stupid dog some caviar while they are starving it the whole time. And then at one point Tex Jr. is like, which hat do you like better, the white one or the black one? And Ross is just like, I don't know, I don't care. Then he just says that one. He's like, oh, you just like that one because it's black. Um, so there are some very touchy subjects in this one. Uh, this probably, the texture just pisses me off. I'm not going to lie. He's he's probably one of the biggest scumbags in a, a movie I've seen in a long time. Then we have Roscoe. He's going on the search for some more food. I think he's probably in the basement at this point. Uh, he's finding this big uh, the freezer that has a lock on it. And he's like, oh. They do have food. They're locking up so we can't get it. So anyways, he grabs some bolt cutters to cut the lock off. Uh, there's there's some food in there. There's some caviar in there. But what's really in there is Wanda's dead body that's, you know, frozen to death because it's been there for God knows how long now. Um, and that's when Roscoe pretty much goes out to tell the guys about what's going on. And that's when he finds out the other gentleman that was in the wheelchair has actually passed away. Um... He was coughing up blood and whatnot, and he just literally passes away in that moment. And then we have them knocking on the door, uh, the three of them knocking on the door while Tex Jr. and Tiffany are getting it on the bed, and uh, Tex is, like, telling them to come back later. That's when they all storm in in full military gear and start beating the shit out of Tex Jr. Uh, Tex is waking up to flashes of everyone he's killed, and we find out that he's actually blindfolded and handcuffed underneath a leaking sink. So they're literally just letting the water leak on him. They are then seen taking Tex Jr. Uh, he's in a wheelchair now, duct taped to it. And uh, Tiffany is up there wheeling the chair upstairs because they did a, a ramp up the stairs so they could get the wheelchair up. And we see Tiffany is inside the bedroom still and she's chained to the bed. Uh, she's bloated now because the whole time they've just been feeding her all the caviar, which is making her, you know, big and puffy. And then Roscoe brings up the question of, you know, only one of you are going to leave this room alive. So which one is it going to be, Tex to Tex Jr.? And uh, Tex being the nice, lovely guy that he is, he's like, um, you know what? She's She's gone downhill. She's looking pretty fat. So how about you kill her? I'll leave the room alive. And that's when uh, Roscoe says, like, you know, I, th I figured you were going to say that. Because, you know, you're a stand-up guy. Um, Roscoe picks up this towel and underneath is a, I think it's like a shop vac that's full of caviar. And then there's uh, the hoses attached to a gas mask of sorts and they put the gas mask on tiffany and force feed her all this caviar to the point where her stomach actually explodes 
And then Tex Jr. is all excited because he's like, you know what, I, I did it. I picked, I get to leave the room alive. And Roscoe's like, yeah, man of my word, you get to leave this room alive. That's when they take him to the top of the stairs and actually push him down backwards on the wheelchair. And he gets impaled by these big Texas Longhorns they they kind of bought. He bought them earlier in the episode. And uh, they actually are the weapon that kills him. They the horn goes right through his throat. And then we see uh, the house is now all changed up. It looks like it's Christmas time. I'm pretty sure there's Christmas gifts out. Um, and r- for whatever reason, Roscoe decides to keep the dog. Uh, but the dog's not going to last too long because Snoop Dogg is coming in. He's the new uh, superintendent for the building. And Snoop Dogg shoots a dog. And he's like, no dog's allowed. And he's like, you know, aside from me, of course. And then we cut to our last short. Uh, you see a store getting robbed and a masked man who we can clearly tell, which is really awesome, is actually Diamond Dallas Page, uh, former pro wrestler and now uh, DDP yoga sensation, I guess you could say. Uh, you can definitely tell he just has a very distinct voice. He's uh, robbing this place, um, which it all comes in, t- in together. It's actually all three people in the the uh, market or the little store are all working together. Not really working together. I guess they're all re- have close connections, let's say. Uh, we then cut to a man at church praying, praying to God, and then a baseball comes through the stained glass window. He takes the ball outside, and uh, this other guy comes up and asks for the ball back. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to keep this ball. This is a sign of God wanting me to become a giant rap star. And that's when the other guy's like, oh, I, I do rap too. And they hit it off together. And then the next thing we know, we see them, you know, throughout time, you know, at their studio making some music together and whatnot. And then we cut to Snoop Dogg, who's with a mic outside of this music event. It's like the Players Magazine Music Awards. Um, he's trying to get... Um, a report from i think his name is sod i think that's what he calls himself that's the guy that was in the church uh praying to god to you know become a rap god and uh he pretty much pulls snoop dogg off and he's just like you know what i don't have time for you i got better stuff to do uh inside the vi- the event we see that sod is uh he wins breakout oh the breakout star award but it's only him come to find out that um his buddy and dual partner Quan is actually since passed on. He's actually the one who gets shot in the the convenience store at the beginning of the episode. Um, we aren't. Sh- I'm not really sure how much time has passed on since then. I don't think they say at all. It seems like it's been at least a year since he's been shot, uh, as far as I know. We then see uh, DDP. I think it goes by. I think his name in the movie is like Jersey or something like that, which I think probably comes from i think like uh, ddp is from jersey could be wrong on that one but i'm pretty sure he is um he's actually sawed in kwan's bodyguard but of course kwan's not there anymore uh while in the back room saw is partnering up with his group and then scary guard knocks on the door and tells him you know it's federal offense to be smoking up in the building you know don't be doing it and sod saw just like you know what go away you know if you it's a big issue send over your supervisor and then the supervisor actually comes back knocks on the door and uh she steps into the room and saw's looking around and all all the groupers are gone he's like where where'd everyone go and she's just like ah they probably left through the back door you know that's usually what they do they just leave out the back door she's trying to talk to him about everything and she's like you know sit down got some stuff to talk to you about he's like no i don't want to that's when she peels out like a billy club and whacks him right in the knee and forces him to sit down and then when they're both sitting down these two chairs they're looking up at a tv that's on the wall that's when we see a jason alexander pop up on the tv screen and he's got this really horrible british accent 
He's uh he's getting ready to sign uh Quan and Saad because this is like early on in the career. He's just like I guess this big music producer and record label, and he's trying to sign up all these uh new hot and rising artists, and he wants to sign them. But of course Saad's ego is already getting to him, and this is early in the career. And he's like I want you know I want this and that and everything else. You know I want this nice black car, blacked out rims, blah blah blah, whatever, and. Alexander's character is like, you know, we're living in a different time. This is, isn't like the 80s anymore. You can't just, you know, get all that kind of stuff. You know, he's pretty much just telling Saad that he's being a spoiled little brat. And then he he leaves the room. Saad actually gets up and leaves the room. He's like, you know, I'm not dealing with this. I'm done. And then Quan, you know, stays in the office to try and keep the deal. He's he's talking to Alexander's character. And he's like, you know, you know, maybe we'll change up her name and we'll be good cop, bad cop. You know, Quan just wants to do whatever he can do to get his career going, which is the right thing to do. You don't want to be a, a jackass. You essentially don't want to be a jackass. You're not going to get anywhere being a jackass. And if you do, it's not going to be a good way of doing things. Um, Saad then tries to uh, pay the supervisor uh, off to get out of trouble, and that's when we see another flashback of Saad, who's getting in trouble, and uh, it's, I think Quan's really pissed off at him. He's got a paper in hand. Uh, I guess um, Saad was, you know, getting all with a girl who actually wasn't of age, and now he's being accused of rape and whatnot, and that doesn't flow well with Quan, and Quan's getting really pissed off and throws him up against the wall, and that's when DDP comes in to break up the fight, and he's like, you know what, let's just relax, guys, let's just handle it later. Yeah, they're in the backstage of a event getting ready at the play, and then we see another flashback of Saad and Quan showing up at the market or the, it's kind of like this little beer store that sells hats and everything else. It's a little little hole in the wall essentially. Um, it's the one that was from the beginning of the episode. Um, they're in the market and then this masked guy comes in to rob the place. Uh, we can clearly tell it's DDP just by the voice and everything. Um, and then he looks at Quan and he's like, give me all your all your bling. Give me all your necklaces and everything else. And Quan's just like, no, I'm not doing that. And that's when he gets shot straight right in the face. He gets shot right in the eye, I think. And then DDP looks over at um, Saad and only shoots him right in the shoulder. And then Saad's just staring at Quan and he knows what's happened. You know, he knows Saad set this all up. There's no hiding it. It's obvious that he set it up. He wanted to get rid of his partner that way he could be the solo star and have all the money to himself and have the career to himself. And then we have a knock on the door. We're back with the supervisor and then it's a zombie Quan that's coming into the room and Saad thinks his his weed was laced. He's, he's just freaking out. Uh, zombie Quan is actually asking Saad questions because earlier that night when they went to the convenience store, he noticed that Saad was wearing his bulletproof vest and he usually doesn't do that. Um, and then we have DDP who's knocking up on the door uh, with some hookers by the looks of it probably. And Quan is in the room with Saad, but DDP can't see him at all. And then, um, you know, Saad's trying to say he's right there. Can't you see him? And he's going on and on about it. And DDP's like, no, he's not there. You're just you're just tripping it. And then Quan actually grabs two nice knives off of uh, the plate because in the room there's a bunch of food ready for them to all munch out on and stabs DDP in both eyes killing him instantly and then um, we see Saad who's trying to kill Quan and of course it's not happening because he's he's already dead and the, the two hookers come in and see like they they open the door and they come into the room and that's when they see Saad holding the two bloody knives and DDP dead on the floor and then what Quan did was set Saad up to get him killed um, or at least put in jail and Quan's like well maybe go plant platinum on you know death row 
but I highly doubt it. And that's when Saad then gets all crazy and gets a little Tony Montana. He's like, you know what? You're not gonna, you're not gonna set this up. You're not gonna set me up. And I'm gonna go out guns blazing. He grabs the gun off of DDP's dead body and starts having a shootout with the cops. And then he makes it to an elevator where the cops just unload all their bullets into him and he dies in the elevator. And then we cut back to the cartoon realm. Uh, we see everyone from all the episodes are all dead in the elevator. We see Stoop Dog's character in half bite, and the elevator drops all the way down and goes through like this giant demon mouth. And then next thing we know, we see uh, also then we see in the cartoon on the elevator going down, half point is actually like this little demon devil guy which is really cool um it's a it's a unique art style it's kind of like a boondocks anime cartoon style uh it's not the greatest thing but it flows with the movie pretty well and then we see um we're back in the live action again and we see snoop dogg sitting on the throne and his little demon devil buddy is you know standing on a step stool beside him and you know they're all excited because they get to you know rule the world i guess all they need was three three souls for this night um i'm assuming they may they do it every night i'm not really too sure uh and then we had the credits starting rolling through and then we see it's actually kind of funny we see tiffany who's alive but her stomach is pretty much blown out and i think a bunch of people are like eating off of her because of all the food and blood and guts that are coming out of her stomach and they're all just kind of like munching on it and uh yeah that's it everyone's getting tortured and there's really nothing much to it it's actually a pretty good movie um i wasn't expecting much at all it's Snoop Dogg movie, so I don't expect much, really, of anything uh, with that being said. Um, on the rotten scale, out of 5, I would definitely give it a... a uh, I'm stuck between a 2.5 and a 3. I, I really am. It's it's not horrible. It's not great. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with a 2.5. Um, I do like the animation style in between the episodes, the intro and everything. I just, I do think that's really well done. And I think the blood and gore is really well done. The kills are really nice, really creative. Um, definitely in that first episode. And it's got a really strong cast. You know, you know what? We're not going to give it a 2.5. We're going to give it a 3. I think it's deserving of a 3. I know it's only got 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, but we're not IMDb and we're not Rotten Tomatoes. We're, you know, Rotten Reviews podcast. You know, we're just a little, little thing. And I think it's deserving of that. Um, I definitely would suggest for anyone to watch it. Uh, I, th I think it's a fun movie. It's nothing to take seriously. Um, the kills are crazy and wacky. Um, the storylines are crazy and wacky. And I just think that makes it a nice, fun movie of the norm. And um, if you guys download uh, Tubi, uh, it's an app that you can get on Xbox or your computer. I'm assuming PS4 as well, and maybe the Switch. I'm not sure. But it's a free app to download, and you can make a free account. And you can save a bunch of movies. There are... Um, some commercials. Uh, I think I got hit with one 20 second commercial during this whole like hour and 20 minute movie. Um, I think it's roughly around that time. Um, yeah, only one commercial for like 20 seconds. Not a big deal. Uh, it's all free to watch. Uh, definitely highly check it out. Got a ton of horror movies, got a ton of action and whatnot movies, comedies, TV shows, cartoons, um, documentaries, whatnot. There's a bunch of serial killer stuff. So definitely, you know, highly check out Tubi. It's, it's free. What, where can you go wrong with that? No, and that's not a sponsorship or an ad or anything. Unless they want me to they want to sponsor me, then, you know, go right ahead. But I just think it's a fun app, and with everything going on, it's, you know, it's free. So it's going to help everyone out. And they're rotating their movies all the time. There's a new section and a leaving soon section. So they're always rotating their their supply but there is a ton of stuff on there uh, which we're actually going to use that app again for the next one uh, it's not a horror movie it is an action movie uh, from 1991 uh, really the only reason I'm watching this one 
is because in the description it has another wrestler in it and I'm really curious to see how this movie is because I was a fan of this wrestler um, he's a bigger bigger lad um, and it actually has and I'm not sure if he has a major role in it or not but I know he's the gang leader of the gang in the movie uh, it has Big Bam Bam Bigelow in it Big Bam Bam Bigelow Bam Bam Bigelow I don't think I've ever said big before like in his name I think it's just Bam Bam Bigelow but anyways uh, yeah it's uh, called Snake Eater 3 His Law from 1991 and it's free on Tubi um, it actually came up as a recommendation from watching this movie and once I was reading the the cover art definitely caught my eye because uh, I love that classic old school looking action movie feel and vibe but then when I read the description and it said it had Bam Bam Bigelow in it I'm like you know what I gotta watch that and what better purpose you know we're expanding the podcast a little bit more outside of horror movies so what better time to do than to watch it now and do it on the podcast so with that being said if you guys enjoyed it make sure to hit that share button uh, wherever you're watching you know if you can leave a like or a comment or a review feel free to uh, we're on Spotify CastBox uh, iTunes I think Google Podcasts pretty much anywhere that you can listen to a podcast you're probably going to find it and if not if there's a certain app that you use and you can't find it let me know and I'll see what I can do to get it on there uh, as always, I'll leave my Linktree link down in the show notes below where you can find all my sites from YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm doing a bunch of artwork and I do a bunch of uh, video game uh, videos each and every week. Uh, we got three videos a week coming out and we'll have almost daily artwork coming out, if not every other day. So, um, got a lot of stuff to do. Got a lot of stuff to do. There's, there's a ton. But you know what? I enjoy it. It's, I wouldn't have any other way. So like I said, feel free to hit that share button, leave a comment, uh, follow me on all socials, and I'll talk to you guys all later. Peace. Welcome to the place where all the creatures meet. The last building on the left on the dead end street. You find skeleton bones, abandoned homes. It's the hood of horrors, nigga. It's on. Ring around the rosy, walls full of posy. She had the power for the hour, but she chose me. Wrong way, but you say, hey, she didn't do it right. Now tonight, tonight, and death is in sight. You just might, cause this life, fright night with a little more bite. I'm kicking back, sitting on my phone. Fire behind me, murder, murder, blind me, half height beside me. My Conrad, my homie, with two slanks that are taking gank anybody for me. I'm the Crypt Keeper, yeah, the Grim Reaper. You won't even see me when I creep up. Welcome to the hood, welcome home. to the place where all the creatures meet. The last building on the left on the dead end street. We find skeleton bones, abandoned home. It's the hood of horse, nigga, it's on.